Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Fidget spinners. <laughs> Stuff. Uh, no. Uh, whatever, you, whatever you do, don't go to your favorite porn site and search for fidget spinner, because you will find things you can't unsee. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, also joining us is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Sadly, Hunter is uh, unable to join us this evening. He's a spinner injury. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's. I wonder if that's like is oh, that? Is. Oh, really? Like has yeah, there, I, saw, have, uh, I saw a guy that like cut himself with one. How do you cut yourself? Do you have one with well, blades on all, it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, you, have you not seen the Batman one? It, I have. It's seen, like it's a batarang. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. It's yeah, pointy. Yeah, and then they've got some that are just straight up ninja stars. It's like if you threw it, it would stick in the wall. Oh god! So yeah, you could totally have some fidgety injuries. Uh, but now we don't have to worry about that because we can simulate it with hand simulator on Steam. Yeah, that for, that that does not sound like a fidget spinner game when you tell me just no, the it's title. Like, it's like surgeon simulator, but with fidget things. Well, but you're supposed to become like a gunfighter. Sounds like a game. Well, that, yes, that's true. But I I don't I don't know. So that uh, that hundred dollar barrier just really isn't keeping the the trash out. I I'm I'm sorry, Gabe. It didn't work. Sorry, uh, I was typing something. Uh, so yeah, so Hunter can't join us because he's in the still in the middle of a move, a big big move. He showed us a video of a. Uh, of his house, and it's got a Harry Potter closet, and uh, and it's got a, like a kitchen big enough for an island, which I am very jealous about. I would love a kitchen big enough with an island for an island in it. Um, I would love an island with a kitchen on it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sad. Uh, hopefully, he can join us again soon. Uh, hopefully. But, uh, folks, sadly, our guest uh, for tonight had to cancel. His wife broke her hand. And so she's... she's They're dangerous. God. Killing me. Uh, uh, His wife broke her hand, so she's in surgery today. So, of course he's there. I mean, come on. It was either that or... He do a six AM show and we weren't ready for that, so we're gonna reschedule. <laughs> so what game was this for? I don't wanna say. I mean that Oh say. Uh, oh say, was, can you see? It was the developer the for the long journey home, uh Andreas. Uh, and and he, he's really nice. It's just this was like a last minute cancellation because the broken hand threw his life out of whack, which is fair. So, so did she break her hand on the terrible controls? Oh, God, the, come on. For the lander, because really, that's my point in the game. I will admit that the controls... For the lander controls. I will admit the controls for the lander took me by surprise as to how crazy difficult they were at first. Like, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was very weird. This might have flown in the 80s when... Gamers had patience, but now, no, <laughs> no, I see what you're going for, man, but no. <laughs> hey, I have a steam question. Sure. For, 
for anyone that can answer this. Okay. Perhaps out in, in the gallery. Because um, I'm looking at Tangled Deep, right? And and it's in the list of of like recent releases. And yet there is no buy button. It still says coming soon. But it went into the released list. And I see this happen all the time with games where they show up in new releases and then they're still like coming soon and they might not come out for months. And, and it's like, what happened? Did, did I can they answer have a, that. Oh, please do. Yeah. So the way this works is that when you actually make the store page live, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a buy button, but it means that the store page is live so that you can seed it with the videos and pictures that uh, normally go on onto that scene page so that people can see all of that. Yeah, but I never knew now, that that counted as, as like new release because it's it's not like whatever right whenever I, right it would be in normally in the upcoming as well but the thing is that for tangle deep uh brian and i both back the campaign and we actually have access to the current build which but, is actually so a, really a, good which is actually really yes, fun a very good game very so, fun. so is it like today or yesterday or whenever it actually hit is that when the backers got their secret access to the steam stuff so it is no, we, released we've had it for what, couple a couple week? weeks, weeks or oh, two. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, so that doesn't serve as like a trigger because it's not, it's not, it's not specifically a trigger. No, but, but the thing is that, that when you have a store page, you're building a store page. It's, it's hidden to the community until you actually decide to uh, submit it for publishing. And, uh, and even when you do, that doesn't guarantee that you're putting it up for sale specifically. It just means right. it's there so that people can discover yeah, but, it. But see, this is the thing, though, is like, why why did it show up in the front page of like popular new games? Because there's when, a lot of us actually playing it because we backed the campaign. When did it, uh, okay. when did it show up? Because Sorry, whenever, when did it show up in new releases? Because I'm looking at what's on Steam.com and I'm not seeing it. Um, whenever I look at new and trending games on Steam, uh, it is one, two, three, four, fifth thing down. It's like Hand Simulator, Lunaform, Super Flipside, Ragnarok, Hack Time, and Tangle Deep. I'm gonna look. I'm I'm not on the front page. Front page. It's like under all products games on Steam. Then this is new and trending. But I do see stuff that shows in the in the actual front page that it, it's like, oh, gosh, I want that. Oh, wait, there's no buy button. Yeah, it's kind of no weird. I don't know exactly how that. I don't, sometimes sorry. they don't even have a wish list button. Yeah, sometimes I'll see games in the new release thing that aren't available to buy yet. Uh, usually that seems you from what from what I've seen, usually that means like. The developer marked it as Q1, and it's the end of Q1, so it just went up there, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> it's not ready to go out yet. Whoops. Yeah. I have so seen that happen a few times. So a strange thing, I've never seen this happen with a game before, but I but I agree that they're doing it. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, so with Worlds Adrift, it'll be, it's early access, but the purchase button only shows up for a very short time every now and then as they trickle new players in. Right. So, so it's like, Oh, you can, you can early access by it now. Oh, now you can't. <laughs> right. Cause they hit their cap of how many people they were going to let in. Um, which I, I just think is really interesting. You can do that. Apparently oh my God. So I didn't know uh, that. 
I've never seen anybody do that before. But the thing was, they only had so much server space to you know to deal with the influx. And whenever they opened it the first time, they got so many people in there that there was like a two hour queue to get in the game, <laughs> like on day one. It was you know, and it and uh, there was like people that were trying to to do like their YouTube you know like hey let's play this and whatever and they couldn't because it was just nothing but a queue <laughs> so yeah I so think, I, I can see why they're throttling it uh i think d-man is trying to give you an explanation in um steam chat as well he says just because the game is released doesn't mean the game is available sometimes it just sometimes just look at the game flashing lights sometimes there is a date when it really flashing lights i don't know what that means <clears throat> mm. Sorry. I had a little problem there. <laughs> Thank God for push to talk, huh? <laughs> um, Swallow fly. I did that the other day, man. Oh, I had God, a, like, a that's the worst, the isn't it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so it was like, Yeah. Uh, so, so gross. I'm, I'm vaping, right? Because I'm a hipster like that. <sighs> and and then, like, just in with that comes this gnat. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, full inhale of the gnat. It wasn't oh. like stuck in my mouth. It was like stuck to the back of my throat. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, was, There's, not the There's, not There's not enough water. There's not enough water. You wouldn't think that such a almost microscopic gnat could do so much damage in such a short time. But it sure did. It's like a bird hitting wrong. a. It's like a bird hitting a, a jet engine. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. It's exact. Uh, so, uh, so, well, so you know when the, when the army tests, um, you know it's it's like they're going to test for bird strikes, right? And and I heard this story, and this may not be true. In fact, I I probably let's assume that it's not true, but it's hilarious. So they they uh, have like basically a slingshot, and they fire chickens into the canopy of like a helicopter, right. To simulate like bird strikes, fire them into the engine stuff. And, and it's like, you know, it's not a live chicken. It's a dead chicken. Um, and I, and I've actually seen a helicopter that hit a buzzard out at Fort hood and it was super ugly cause I had to help clean it. Um, so <laughs> bird strikes are no joke. Right. But the, the thing was like new guy and they told him like, okay, well, you know, load up the chicken in the chicken cannon and, you know, fire it. Uh, apparently the chickens are frozen and he didn't thaw the chicken first. And so they, when you fire a frozen chicken, it does uh, multiple times more damage <laughs> than you would anticipate. So that was just a story that I got when I was at Fort Eustis was about the frozen chicken cannon. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Cause they actually had like the, the, the test rig there for, for doing the bird strike crap. And, uh, and I was talking to the guy about it, and he's like, "You know about the frozen chicken? No." So anyway, it's probably a BS story, but it was funny. It kind of sounds like it, like one of those uh, tall tales they tell in uh, the armed forces that I've heard tell of. Um, so yeah, folks, since we don't have a guest, uh, we thought we'd do a little bit of a kind of a hodgepodge, kind of a a potpourri, as I'm like to calling it. Uh, so we're going to do some news, we're going to talk about the games we're playing, and then we're going to talk about a topic uh, that Jim came up with, uh, stories in space games, and why most of them are crap. Because, let's be honest, 
most of them are crap. <clears throat> but first, we'll, we'll start with news. And, and I, I went back a few weeks. Uh, by the way, if you're not going to the blog, SpaceGameJunkie.com, I try and update it every day now, Monday through Friday, with um, with uh, with news and whatnot, uh, and rants and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, if you haven't gone to Elite... To, uh, elite <laughs> thanks, D-Man. Uh, if you haven't gone to SpaceGameJunkie.com in a while, please visit, because I, I write a little, I write something every day now for you guys. Try and keep you updated with news and whatnot. So, please visit. But uh, so there's a bunch of news that's happened. Uh, the first big one is that Nave, the longtime running open source escape velocity clone, that uh, went two years without an update until like a week ago, uh, is now on Steam. It's still free, still absolutely free, still open source. But now it's okay, D man. I'm just I saw Elite, and that's what got in my head. But now it's on Steam, so it's much easier for people to get. And if you haven't played it, it's pretty good. It uh, it's similar to Endless Sky, or you could say sim- Endless Sky is similar to it. It's like a kind of an isometric, top down, space trading. It's Elite two D combat. Yeah, I, that is it's you like, know. Remember, remember old Escape Velocity Nova. Sure. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Escape Velocity or, uh, Nova. If you haven't played Escape Velocity Nova, play this instead, because uh, I think they or, still or charge. You play the, or you could play Thirty Thirty Death War, which is which the best of them. probably yeah. I'm I I love Nave. Don't get me wrong, but I think even though the the perspective's a little different, I think I agree that out of these like adventure top down non roguelike, you know, uh, space adventure escape velocity thingies. 3030 Death War Redux is probably the best of them, I think. Uh, Especially after they added the mouse controls for the turrets and stuff. Oh, God. You're welcome. That, like, yeah. That, like, made like, changed everything. No, seriously, I I jumped on their Slack and I was like, dude, mouse controls. Oh, God. Remember Slack? Remember we used to use that? (laughs) Yeah. They still do. But. Oh, God. But, anyways. um, And then there's. Okay, so this is a a deal that we must discuss then since we're talking about good 2d spacey games. Sure. Um, void expanse. Yeah. It's it now it like just, yeah. in the bundle thing for like what a dollar. Well, yeah, the bundle like is like $5. The bundle is like $5. It's the killer bundle at 10 or X on uh was it bundle stars? Yeah. It's bundle. I, stars. Yes. And it's still good for, I think for a few more days as, as we're recording this and it's got, it's got that void game's- expanse. They get normally like twenty something, and that void expense. I, I don't yeah. remember. Hang on, I'll look. I'll look. Hang on. Fifteen bucks. Oh, okay. So you're getting that and a bunch of other games for a fifth of the price, and the other yeah, games no. in the bundle are not bad either. You know, it's weird. Uh, for some reason, I'll have to read through the reviews and see why. Um, like all the all the reviews on the page here are blue thumbs, but it's got a mixed review right now. So that doesn't I don't make know sense. Why. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I have, I'm did, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they offended somebody. Uh, I got the expansion a little while back too, but I haven't had time to play it yet. Oh well, here's here's a critic. I was looking forward to this, and then I found out I'd have to rebind all the keys for Dvorak support. 
headphones down. What? It's like it's Come like well, don't use a, a freaking Vulcan keyboard then, and you'll be. We, no, it's it's Dvorak. I love it. It's great, but just go into it knowing that uh, your keys are going to be in different places. Yeah, this bundle, by the, by the way, besides Void Expanse, is really great. You got the Flame and the Flood, which is fifteen dollars by itself. You have uh, Warhammer 40k Regicide, which is basically chess. I might get the bundle for that alone, which is basically chess with Warhammer uh, 40k uh, characters. And a bunch of other it would have like, been games. Would have been cool if they had an option to play straight up chess with 40k guys. Isn't that what this is? I think no, well, it's got its own rules, right? It's not it's not legit chess. It's it's their version. So, yeah. Oh, I thought it was also ch- I thought you could also play chess. Well, maybe you can, but uh, I'm just saying if you can't, you should. So, I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they maybe that's what they're calling. I thought that was what they're calling classic mode. Oh, that quote, might be. Got a lot of downward reviews, though. That's the thing. There's so many Warhammer games that you know. Yeah, well, they you know it's hit and miss. They they yeah. don't uh, they don't hand that license out to to like sure winners. That's for sure. Mm-mm. You know they're they're kind of liberal with it. Which uh, on the one hand, it's cool because we get a variety of Warhammer which property is, stuff. And, and if you love Warhammer, of it. and if you love Warhammer, that's great. You know, because for yeah. a while we had a dearth of Warhammer games too for like a bunch of years. Yeah, and then if you look in the mobile space, like the you think there's a lot on the PC, you will triple that in mobile. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, it was it was weird though. They they had one game that was like a MOBA kind of thing for a while there. I I haven't heard much out of that for it, it's it, like a League of Legends sort of deal except with Warhammer guys. Yeah, um, I actually got a war- I, war- um, I got a Warhammer game for my 3DS. It's like called Squad Command or something, I think. And it's mm-hmm. really really good. Yeah, I heard that one was good. It's so good. It's like your Space Marine, right? Yeah, 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 but it's very XCOM-y and it's so good. It really reminded me of uh, Incubation. Remember that? Remember that game? Oh yeah. Well, which is which is a wonderful XCOM type game, by the way. Uh, if yeah. no one's played it, I think you can get it on GOG now. I think. Um, hey, speaking of speaking of incubation, yeah. Right? And uh, there's that. Uh, what's that game? Black Cat made. It's it's free. It's the. Uh, it's like aliens, top down, run around. I cannot think of the name of it. They just released like a big update thing for it. Infestation. Something. I think so. That sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, though. It's like a it's like a Source Engine mod. And yeah, we like, played that like a while aliens. back, didn't we? Yeah, on a oh, Thursday night. Yeah. yeah, it's very so, good. So, so I ran across this YouTube video at random. Somebody made a first person mod for it, and oh boy, does that change the game? Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, it turned into like some crazy space beast stuff and. Yeah, Ooh. that's that's worth a revisit, perhaps. Um, anyway. about alien swarm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yes, it's such yeah, a literal swarm title. Reactive drop. That's yes. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, such a literal title, but so correct. <laughs> it's a good game. We should put that back in the rotation in the hat, so maybe we'll uh, get it one week. Uh, so yeah, Void uh, Nave came out. That's what we're got on the stream right now. Is me playing Nave from two years ago. Um, 
because that's when it last had a big update before like a week ago. And it's really good. It's got like a lot of usability um, updates that Escape Velocity never had. <laughs> and they're still selling Escape Velocity Nova for like 30-some bucks, last I looked. It's like, what? <laughs> uh, wait, Zercher, I don't think there was an Incubation 2, was there? Was there an Incubation 2? Oh, there and totally was. What? Yeah. And then the the unexpected sequel, Spanish Incubation. Wait, no, there was... Oh. Nobody expects the Spanish Incubation. I never knew Incubation 2 existed. No, it's only the first one. Time is running out. That's the only one. Oh, really? I thought there was something... And then there was that game that Microsoft made that was like Starship Troopers. Star, yeah, there is a there is a Starship Troopers RTS, which apparently is really good. No, I've never played I mean, it. This wasn't. Oh, I did. It was good. Um, no, yeah, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the Starship Troopers official thing. It was like a Microsoft thing that was that it was power armor and bugs and stuff. But it was it was way primitive. It came out around the time incubation. Actually, oh. I, I had the purchase decision. I had like the bo- one box in each hand, and I was like, which one do I get? Incubation. So. You made the right call there. I never have played the other one. You made the right call there because Incubation's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, if you get... It's in the the Battle Isle Platinum package on GOG, which... Oh, God, includes like four four Battle Isle games, including Incubation and three Battle Isle games. And the battle log games are great, by the way, if no, if you haven't played them. But incubation, especially, is fantastic. So let's see. In the next piece of news, we had another uh, game hit Steam, uh, Race for the Galaxy, which apparently was a fairly popular board game. Still is, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing of board games, <laughs> but uh. Oh, yes, the Wilderness Mission is expansion, Zercher, for Incubation. Yes, I remember that. That's right. Okay, there was a... Yeah, thank you. You're right. You're right. Uh, so there was not an Incubation 2. Going back to that real quick, there was an expansion. And those were so hard. Oh, my God. Like, the base game was hard. Those were really hard. Um, anyway, Race for the Galaxy. Uh, I played a little bit of it. Uh, do you like it, Spaz? I've played a little bit of the physical game. Um, Have to get the digital version to see whether or not it's holding up. But there's also other versions of it, like Roll for the Galaxy, which is dice-based. And it's in the same same genre, but it is dice-based. See, I I seem to have a problem with card games is that I, it starts getting too much to keep track of all the cards and what they do and where they go and blah, blah. That's why, like, I don't really play them very often. That's why I like computer games, because it abstracts all that crap. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just like it when a computer game teaches me how to play a physical game. It's That's like, cool. Oh, I learned how to play this, and now I can actually go play it with people somewhere. Right. Right. Like yeah, I, that's, I that's kind of why I wanted to get the board game nights going so I can help you guys do that right. transition. That's how I learned to play chess. I played chess. I played chess master. 
and like some chess game on my Palm Pilot that also kicked my ass. And uh, that's how I learned to play chess. Um, and I actually won a game against a guy once. Not like a professional game, but like it felt really good. Um, yeah, I used to play. Uh, there was a guy that I worked with um, like way back when I worked at the truck stop, like in the early 90s. And he was he was actually like a ranked chess master guy, right? From it, it was that was like his talent, but apparently he couldn't monetize it because he worked at a truck stop. But but anyway, he was he was like one of those chess club kids from high school, right? And then went on to like compete, you know, nationally or whatever. He never never got any fame, but he was you know on the books, right? So I would play chess with this guy because we were on the same shift and we'd, we'd work night shift together. I would be staring at the board, sweating, trying to figure out what to do. He would not even look at the board. He would just <laughs> over his shoulder. He would just be like, "All right, where'd you move?" And and then he'd just like call out a, a you know coordinates on the whatever it is, you know, like knight knight to king's bishop, whatever. Um, I haven't done it in so long, I can't remember how that works. But but anyway, he would just like over his shoulder, just be like, "Yeah, move this here." Ah, uh, checkmate again. Yeah. It because was like, the good players have the board memorized. They have the layouts memorized. They yep. know they know the 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 progressions of of when X moves here. Then this is the next likely move. Therefore, they know what it's 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 insane. Yeah, I, I used to play a lot of chess when I was a kid, but and I even used to teach other kids how to play. But um, I was never tournament level ever. Yeah, this guy was ridiculous. I I like ran him into one of those games where where it was kind of stalemate. It's like he could have got me, but we were just basically chasing each other around the board at that point. It was like one time, you know. So I, I consider that a victory. Um, <laughs> but other than that, it was it was just like, you know, no. All right, moving on. Uh, this is from Spaz. He pointed this out to us. Um, the Oculus Rift is a, it's on sale right now, right? It's on sale Correct. right now for four hundred dollars. Yeah. For, yeah. for uh, sorry, um, do you want do you want to throw this one out since this was yeah this, sure you why found not? it yeah yeah so uh, currently they're doing their summer of Rift sale and it's it's going for four hundred bucks and it's the bundle which is great uh, for those who want to say not buy the Vive for twice the price. On the other hand, uh, they've announced that after this sale ends, the base price will now be 500 And what's interesting about that is in March, they dropped the price to 600 So this is the second price drop in the year. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not sure if that means that they're doing well and therefore they can drop the price because they're, they're, able to to afford the loss or if it's a sign that funding is not going well and they are trying to drop it in order to try to boost their numbers i don't know yeah that is a uh, they're probably trying to compete with um isn't the p isn't the playstation vr around that price psvr is 400 base price yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's not that you don't get the whole bundle though like with the controllers and whatnot, I don't think. Um, no, but I think one thing that's making them maybe nervous about that is PSVR. It, it has a, a pretty large install base, right? And then at E3, they were showing off all that PSVR content that's coming. And also, 
uh, if you have uh, Tridef or Trinus VR, PSVR version, which is 10 bucks, right? So I own a PS4 and I got a PSVR because I can hook it up to the PC with a $10 driver and it works mint. It's just like a Rift. In fact, Steam sees it as a Vive. That's how that's how cool this driver is. So it's like if there's anything that's Vive on on Steam that doesn't need the hand controllers, uh, I can play it, no problem. And in fact, Steam's like, hey, you got a Vive, you want to use it, and just like fires it right up. So I, I think amazing. yeah, they're they're seeing that and they're like, hmm, maybe maybe drop the price. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that might be or, the... or they're spending that lawsuit money from suing Bethesda over Carmack. <laughs> I don't know. That might be the VR I eventually get once I upgrade to be able to run one, like next year, is the PSVR because it sounds it sounds really like the best headset you can get right now. Well, really. I've worn a Vive and I've never had an Oculus on, uh, but I've had like one of those like Chinese knockoff Oculuses, mm-hmm. and it was like really heavy sat very heavily on the bridge of my nose did not mm-hmm. like being over my glasses, all these things. PSVR just absolute comfort. Mm. Yeah, it's and the, and the thing is the, the headset, it's actually like a halo that sits on top of your head. And then the, the actual face mask part slides in and out at telescopes on a rail. So oh. you can adjust it. And yeah, so still it's wear, not you can still wear your glasses basically. Right. Absolutely. Oh, and, oh wonderful. And, Right, Which and the consideration for me as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and also, if you want to see the keyboard or something, you just like nudge that thing forward so there's a little gap between your cheek and and the the rubber of it, and you can actually still glance down. So that eliminates my other problem of I you know because normal Oculus or Vive is holding itself on your face by squeezing itself on your face, Ugh. and you know it, it's like wearing a scuba mask. And uh, this other thing is just way leagues beyond that. Ugh. Okay. Uh, oh, Papageno, this is Nave. Uh, this is this just came out on Steam. The ver- the video is a couple years old because I haven't played it since then. But just so you're asking, you can get this on, for free on Steam right now. It's great. Um, so the next piece of news is that Interstellar Space Genesis, the game that was formerly. Uh, Project Space Sector. Uh, remember that one, guys? The 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 site Space Sector uh, decided they didn't want to be a site anymore, so they decided to make a game. Uh-huh. And uh, so now, instead of calling it Project Space Sector, they're calling it Inner Space. Now, Interstellar Space Genesis, and you can pre-order that now for twenty five dollars. And it's very, very. Very heavily influenced by Master of Orion 2. I've got to play it a little bit, and it is indeed very, very heavily influenced by Master of Orion 2. I'm not sure yet this is a good thing, because 95% of the other 4Xs that are out there are influenced by Master of Orion 2. So... uh, Kind of getting Master of Orion 2 fatigue, I'll be honest with you. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, if you want to give that a shot, you can get it on their website for $25. 
And it's I've been playing it. It's not bad. It, it's not bad. It's just I'm kind of it's not their fault. I'm just I just I'm getting tired of all the Master of Orion 2 stuff. Like ah, Master of Orion 1 is better. Why can't more people copy that? Why is it just that one guy? Well, uh, well and that, but that's the thing. If you look at, uh, well, it's Civilization, Master of Orion, Master of Magic, um, you know, like uh, Endless Legend also does this, where it, it's like you have uh, pops, you know, your, your little people, and you drag them between you know, am I, am I doing research or farming or manufacturing with these people and you right. shift them around? And I just, I do not like that model. I mean, it, it works right. And it's, it's like good memories. It feels good for what it is, but I kind of like that master of Orion one thing where it's just like, Hey, it's a planet. They make everything right in some ratio. So mm-hmm. you just slide the slider. Yeah. You know, it's, I love and, that. And that's Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not a planetary governor. Let the governors deal with the minutia of which building yeah. to build where. I'm just going to be like, you're well, going to make factories and you're going to make ships and you're going to build defenses and. You know. Well, that okay. So it's like it's like Earth, right? Uh, so quick, we have to shift all the population of Earth, right? Send out a memo tomorrow. Everybody's a farmer. Go. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So. You know, I mean, like a small colony kind of thing, even you have to be sort of a, a rounded population to to be sustainable at all. The only exception I would make to that, and I would like to see more of this in 4X games, is outpost things, right? Like, hey, let's just set up a mining outpost here. We don't have to colonize this thing. We're just going to put a factory on it and mine the shit out of it. And, and that because uh, like, oh, I've unlocked the tech where I can colonize volcano planets. Who the hell would want to do that? Like, I don't want to live on a like that volcano mess from Star Wars. No, hell no. Like, who would live there, right? And you and it would maybe as a prison, you know. But um, but I could see like a mining colony or, or something. But it but it would never be like, oh, we populated this planet and we have billions of people living on the lava now. Uh, no. And also, yeah, orbit, it would just ma- plain it would orbital settlement. If you could terraform enough to actually have a viable sort of thing, then that makes sense. But yeah, but I would yeah. like to see terraforming handled differently too. I think terraforming should take like hundreds of years to, you For know, sure. it, it, yeah. because it, it's a thing. Where what was I? What was I seeing? There was somewhere. Oh, um, uh, Aurora. Right. I watched a dude doing a like a tutorial video of Aurora. After watching the tutorial, it's like I'm never gonna play Aurora. Uh but right? I enjoyed oh the my tutorial. God. <laughs> right. Oh my god. So the minutia the minutia that Aurora gets into, honest to God, uh if you want to make a four X game that's like a master of Orion thing, go play Aurora, become a master of Aurora, okay? And then make that shit playable for normal human beings where it's not like a crazy spreadsheet and stuff, but, but it actually, it goes down to the minutia of like, you're going to terraform this planet, right? Let's say it's Mars. Okay. So which of, which of the gases do you have to put into the atmosphere in what ratio over hundreds of years 
to actually terraform the planet that you, you know, to have a breathable atmosphere kind of thing. It's like, well, we need this percent nitrogen, this percent oxygen, and there's like ambient chlorine. So we have to come up with something to get that out of the atmosphere or, you know, whatever, um, that kind of stuff. Right. So it, it, it goes like way deep in the weeds <laughs> with that stuff. Um, but, but I, I really, I love that that exists. I just don't think that I can approach it. Um, but if it was actually, I, I don't know, it, it would need something. It would almost need to be like distant worlds where it's like, it's there. It takes care of itself unless I want to go in and fiddle with it. That's one reason. That's one reason I love distant worlds is because you have that option. Yeah. By the way, speaking of distant worlds, I, I was catching up on the three moves ahead podcast. Yeah. Just uh, Pimp somebody else's show. Um, so they did a, an episode on Distant Worlds back in January, and I, I haven't listened to them in quite some time, so I missed it. Oh no, so I did listen I just to that one it today. I did listen good? to that one. Yeah, it was very good. It made right, me. Cool. It made me happy. <laughs> it made me quite happy. Uh, I, I have a good beer. I have a Distant Worlds question too. Sure. Um, so whenever I go to the site and I, I, I installed distant worlds again a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and I wanted to put the star Trek mod on it. Mm-hmm. And I see that there's like the version one and then they came out with a version two, but the version two's link went to like a Dropbox or something and it's busted. Oh. So I'm wondering like, nobody seems to have a mirror of version two. So did something happen with that? I honestly don't Cause I can know. still download version one. I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't, play with mods really i i'm more than happy with the vanilla game i think the last version i played the picard mod was maybe 1.0 because i think i might have run into the same problem yeah, yeah uh, that's that's the deal it's the picard era thing yeah the picard um, era, which is a great mod a great well mod, and, but. and that's actually dovetails i didn't plan this but it dovetails spectacularly into our topic tonight uh because whenever i play that game Right. If I look at all these races, I have no idea what they. Oh, the, there's those fish guys. You know what? Are, what are they about? Whatever. Oh, um, they were in that one. Klingons or Romulans? No, I'm I'm saying not even not even in Star Trek. Right, the default oh. vanilla races. That oh, are in right, there. right, right. It's just like weird aliens, right? But you don't know nothing about them. You you look at them and it's like I don't know what that thing is. Um, you know what what they're like or or whatever. But if you make it a Star Trek mod. And it's like, oh, those are Romulans. I know what they're about, right? Because I know the lore from Star Trek or whatever. Or if it was a Star Wars mod, it's like, well, you know, those are the Geonosians or whatever, the bug guys. It's like, I I know what they do. That's like an industrial bug culture, like Clackons or whatever, right? So, uh, yeah, like that. And that's the deal with the lore stuff is like – it it seems like you have to draw off of something that's already a big established franchise so that people have any kind of uh, grounding like, like fantasy. It's like, I know what an elf is. I know what a dwarf is. Right. So if you, if you introduce some like invented race or something, you know, then nobody knows what that is. So that's confusing. But if you stick to dwarves and elves, you're good and you can do a lot of stuff with it. So it's it's basically like Klingons or the space dwarves or something sort of. the equivalent, right? Yeah. It's like you see a Klingon, you know what they're all about. Yeah, everyone knows what a freaking Klingon is. At least they should at this point. And if they don't, <laughs> Klingons will teach you. And if they're listening to this podcast and they don't know, what the hell is wrong with you? What are you listening to this for? <laughs> go, go back to This American Life or Serial 
or whatever. Yeah. But but that's why that's why I wanted to play it with the Trek mod is just so that I am immediately familiar with the personalities of whoever else is my neighbors. That's it's fair. Like, oh yeah, I know what I know what your traits are. Yeah, that so. mod does a good job with Star Trek. Um, it's I mean, like I said, I prefer the vanilla game, but if you got to play with the mod, that's one of the better ones. I think there's a Mass Effect mod for it as well. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, but anyway, yeah, Interstellar Space Genesis, another Master of Orion game. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to be positive. I'm really trying. Uh, okay, let's move on. Um, remember Halcyon 6? That kind of Zelda-y, Deep Space 9-y... Uh, Game it's, it's, that, a, it's like Final Fantasy Space Edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of Final thing. Fantasy, yeah. sorry. It's getting a free upgrade called the uh, Lightspeed Edition. Yay. Yes. It's going to have, like, apparently much quicker progression. Like, you can apparently play the whole game now in 12, 10 to 12 hours. Uh, a lot more options for crew and for ships, all kinds of stuff. And it's going to be free for existing owners. And um, they're also going to have a sale, I think, in a couple of days. Like maybe when this goes, the MP3 this goes live, I think on the 20th they're going to have a sale. Uh, so you can buy in before you get the upgrade. And the upgrade looks so sweet. Oh, my God. And that was already a great game, if, you, if anyone. Oh, if, definitely. That was already a really good game. Um, so it's really nice to see the developers. Um are generating a lot of goodwill, I think, by offering the upgrade for free. They didn't have to. They could have sold it as a different SKU, you know, as a different SKU, and uh, we'd all been mad. But nope, getting it for free, that's really great. Uh, So guys, if you haven't played Halcyon 6 yet, get it on the sale, and then get the Lightspeed Edition when it comes out um, August 10th, I think? Early next month? And uh, yeah, that is going to be great. So let's see what else we got here. Oh, I heard, um, uh, gosh, what is the name of that other Master of Orion clone that they're making? The the guys that did the Battlestar Galactica mod for Free Space. And I cannot remember the name of their game. Oh, God. You know what I'm talking about. Though. Oh, God. Yeah. I do, but I can't remember the name. Oh. Yeah, it's like Galactic Void Space. It's gonna it's gonna come back to me at three in the morning. I'm gonna wake up to go yeah. to the bathroom and be like, oh, there's there's, oh. there's too many games, man. I can't remember all these. Especially, but, I, I I love four X games. Don't get me wrong, but there are just so many right now. There's too many. Like just in the last few months, we've had what Endless Space Two, Stars and Shadow. Ah, oh, there's another one. There's another one. I know there was another one. God damn it. There is a little bit of overload on that. There is. There's and, a lot. And it's I lo- been a bad year for it. Oh. Like this last this last twelve months has mm, been so much. Oh yeah, man. I mean we had we had Star Ruler two and uh Stellaris and uh, Endless Space Two. Right. And uh Stars and Shadow and Stars um and Shadow. God. Yeah, so many so, There were there were so more, I just can't remember them. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so I mean I, I'm glad these guys are doing something different and I I'm sad they shut the space sector site down. 
because that was a great site. They they got they started years before I did. Um. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of sad they shut that blog down. But I'm I wish them the best of luck in their endeavor. Maybe they will make the best Master of Orion two. 2.0 uh, or whatever. I don't know. It's just why does everyone want to copy that game? You know, it is tough, though, because when you try and do something different, it could fail miserably. Like, has anyone played Pax Imperia 2? Eminent Domain? Played Master three, or Or that. But Pax Imperia 2 tried it to be something different. Not that great. But then you well, have... Maybe, maybe that's... Maybe that's the deal. Like Master of Orion three scared the shit out of everybody. And like, you know what? Even, even the champion can fall if they just. That's touch a good that point. Formula. That's a good point. That's a really good point. It's a little scary. Uh, hello. Oh, we got some new people in the chat. Hello, everyone. Um, moving on to the next piece of news. We've got a f- couple more left. Uh, I usually don't bring up patches because you know. It's not big news, but for Avorian, it's big news. They just got a big update that not only fully bakes alliances into the game, but makes them co-op. So now you can have full-on multiplayer co-op alliances with your friends in Avorian. Reinstalling right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did they fix the deal with being able to just like robo-mine all the resources out of the starting sector? I think that was in a previous patch. I think. I'm not 100%. Um, there were a lot of patches that led up to this one. Uh, they didn't just go from like 0 to 60. Um, yeah. But I think that might have been in a previous patch. Oh, let's see. Hannibal wants to know, have there been any Mu 2 clones that have been successful? Huh. Bye, D-Man. Thanks for hanging out. Um, uh... Wasn't there something? I mean, I guess the Master of Orion redo did fairly well, didn't it? Yeah, it did okay. I think. Like, I, I don't think anybody was like, okay, let's say it this way. The people who were like hardcore Master of Orion fans were like, yeah, it's good enough. Right? They, they weren't like super stoked. No. But I think that people who are coming into the genre... It's a great first 4X. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I like to call it, like... I'm sorry. I like to call it Baby's First 4X because it's a great intro to the genre. Really, really great. Because it just kind of eases you in. And it's got got races. Well, see, this is the thing, too, that makes Master of Orion a, a, a classic thing is because those races that are in there like I was saying about like Star Trek and whatever, it's like, okay, a Klingon's a Klingon, a Romulan's a Romulan, everybody knows what that is. But if you throw like some weird fish bug gas cloud, something alien in front of me right. and, and you know, it's like, what the hell is that? I, I don't know. You know, what are they like? Who knows? Right. It, it'd just be like roll some random alien up in, uh, in Stellaris. Which I, I honestly, I kind of wish Stellaris did. It doesn't do that, does it? It'd just be like, you know, just generate some random aliens. I have no idea what's going to be out there. You know, it, I think it just like picks from a shopping list that it's got. But anyways, um, I, I, I look at that and I have no idea. However, the Master of Orion races, right? It's like, okay, the bugs are the industry guys, right? Because, you know, it's like worker ants, 
kind of thing, right? And uh, then whenever you look at the the Darkon guys, right? Obviously, they're spies. <laughs> you know, it's like these shadow dudes. Um, the bears, well, obviously, they're going to be tough fighters. It, you know, it's it, it's like okay, they're kind of iconic because the the uh, anthropomorphic animal stuff that they chose. It's it's like those are animals from Earth. We know what they're like. So these races have mm-hmm. those attributes, um, as yeah. opposed to like some weird tentacle thing with eye stalks. Yeah, the ninja no space bears or the samurai space bears from Star Drive Two, probably one of the best races. Probably the best thing about that game. <laughs> really, it's the thing I remember most about yeah, that game. No, exactly. No. The the best thing about Star Drive Two is the plant guys, who the other races. That there's like an event that comes up where other races find out that those plants are smokable and get you real high. So now there's like a drug trade in the corpses of your people. And uh, oh wow, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, that's why the plants are like stoners or whatever. They're they're totally like space pot is what those things are. Like Dan puts so much funny shit in that game and you just have to dig a little bit and that is and, pretty. You know, funny. It's all this wink and nudge stuff that's in there. Yeah, that is that is pretty funny. Actually. Some of the some of the heroes are hilarious too. It's honest, honestly, I think Star Drive Two of of all the four X games, and people were like, "Well, the diplomacy is terrible." Whatever. Yeah. Right, because that game is not a game about you know let's let's see if we can coexist. Well, I'm going to play the pacifist race, or I'm going to whatever. No, no, this is this is battle royale last race standing everybody's going to fight right it's like playing player unknowns battlegrounds right it's it's like 100 people drop in there's going to be one that walks out we know what the game is right so that's why whenever i play that game i don't try to like diplomacy about and and he has changed this in the, in the expansion there's a little more diplomacy stuff where you can just kind of hold off the inevitable you can have a little bit of a peaceful thing with the other races that tend toward pacifism you can do that. If you run into the Chuck, you better have a fleet because the Chuck are coming, right? It's like, God, I hate running into the Chuck because at that point, I know the war is on. As soon as they know where I'm at, they're building a fleet to invade me. And they might talk nice, right? Which is one of the funny things, right? They'll The, the Chuck will be in there like, uh, like shit talking, like, oh, we're going to be the best of friends. And then... <laughs> They just come roll you over and, uh, but it's going to happen. Right. So once you play it a few times, then you just know it's, it's just like turn one, start preparing for war and you'll be all right. But my problem in these games, and I had this happen in, uh, in endless legend last weekend, I, I played a marathon of endless legend and I build up, uh, like I had a fairly sizable army. I had like four cities going, I ran into the cult, right? And the cult only has one city, which is, I find after I read a little bit, that's the attribute of their race. They only get one city. Um, But I was looking at it and I'm like, this chump's only got one city. He keeps talking shit, right? It's like, we'll make a peace treaty and then he'll close his borders. And then he starts smack talking me. And then I'll, I'll like trade some stuff with him. And then we get like the, the trade routes open again. And then he'll slam the borders and shit talk me again. And it's like, okay, I'm tired of this guy. I got a, I got a big army. I had like Titans in my army. And it's just like, I'm going to go down there and just roll this dude. Cause I haven't seen him march an army out of that city 
the whole game. Oh, right? boy. He's, he's not doing anything. I think I know where this so, is going. I think I know where this oh, is going. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, well, it, you know, we're like 200 turns into the game, right? Yeah. So, and, and I'm just like, I got like four or five cities. I'm cranking out stuff. It's like I got more more stuff than I can spend, right? It's the only thing holding me back is just build queue time, right? Because I, I got plenty of everything. And I I decided to get cute, right? And I, I took an army and I attacked like around the backside of his city. And I got one hex away from there. He saw what I was going to do, apparently. Like, you know, I'm coming for him. And as soon as I got one hex away from his city, I saw a stack come out of his city and make a beeline for mine. And it was like the death star. He sent so much shit. It it was, (laughs) and my city just like, I had, you know, like a city full of defenders. I didn't leave it completely undefended to to go over there, but he, he rolled that city instantly. It was, it was like, you know, sometimes turn, you know, fights will go on multiple turns as you, you know, have attrition. Nope. It was just steamroller. And then that doom stack like ran to the next city. And I thought, okay, this is my chance, right? His whole army has to be over that. It has to be shit. <laughs> oh no. And I hit that city and he just like incinerated my guys. Like, and I'm just like, well, I better go back to the drawing board to learn how to play this game because that, that didn't work. But that happens to me like every time in, in four X games, it's like, I'm confident, like, dude, I have got an army here and then I just get destroyed. And, and it's like, Oh, Okay. I do all right in like Endless Space One. I'm cool there. But uh Endless Legend I have yet to win a game. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a good game, that one. It's probably my favorite amplitude game. Uh I besides Dungeon of the Endless. Oh with Dungeon of the Endless. Oh hell yeah. So so here's so here's another thing, like our topic tonight, right? So mm-hmm. Endless Endless Legend. Mm-hmm. endless space right? they do they do I, a pretty good like, job of building lore yeah yeah they do a wicked good job of building lore in that and and it's kind of like um i like their races they're not super generic right it's like in endless space too they've got the you know like the the treants basically they're you know they're these tree dudes and all the different races i think like the big thing that separates them is they all colonize differently um but the tree guys actually have to it reminds me of like Jason, the Wheeled Warriors. Remember that cartoon where they had like love that lines? cartoon. Yeah, that's kind of what's going cartoon. on here. If you're playing the tree dudes, you actually have to like grow vines in between the planets, and then your people like migrate. But it takes turns to to grow the infrastructure between the planets. It's like a bridge, right? And then you do it. And uh, yeah, so those guys, those are the only dudes that I've played. I, pl- I played a like a half game with the Horatio, which is also awesome because it's like this crazy dude who got a cloning chamber and just decided I'm going to make a race of me. And everybody is Horatio billions of Horatio. And which makes me wonder like, how would that work out if they're all like a narcissistic megalomaniac? (laughs) Wouldn't everybody want to be King? Like how, how could, how could he let himself rule, but not himself? Right. I, I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that game's interesting for, for the lore reasons. And I, and I, I find myself drawn into games that have a cool story a lot more so than yeah. it, it's just like, Oh, the gameplay is really cool. Right? It is kind it, of it's like, 
if there's so, if there's something that engages me about the setting, mm-hmm. then I'm really there. It's kind of tough though because um, a lot of developers are like, oh, we want emergent gameplay. We want the player to make their own story, and but you're, then you're not going to appeal to players who want a story told to them. So how do you how do you walk that line between having like enough emergent gameplay and agency that you can have your own story but still have enough lore and in the universe I guess to be really engaging. You know what I mean? Like Droxopter. I think Amplitude for example. has that nailed though. They do. Amplitude actually has that nailed because they use their, their gaming games together uh a feedback system where That's the true. players help determine the the direction the story goes in. So right. by doing that, it's not just, oh well, we're just gonna plop this down and say this is your story they're working with the community to make that story work yeah Yeah, and isn't one of the races like completely community built i think so also yeah there's a there's a kickstarter reward for for that uh, well also all their games are in a shared universe which is yeah pretty unique i mean they have three different styles of games you know they have a fantasy I guess they have two different styles, but a Fantasy 4X, a Space 4X, and a Roguelike, really. And, but they're all in the same universe. That's really clever. And But it yeah, also so helps the story building. Well, as I understand it, okay, so there was like Endless Space 1. Mm-hmm. And then in, in the middle of that war, the, the ship crashed on that planet Ariga, right? And then Dungeon of the Endless is the crash, right? Like the people trying to get out. And then uh, Endless Legend is like, I don't know, thousands of years later, whenever the people that crashed on the planet have settled it. And then you're trying to get the hell off the planet because like crazy ice age is coming. But they're all like super primitive. Well, they're they're primitive, but with uh, technology that can be mistaken for magic, basically. Oh, yeah. And that's that's it. The cult. In the guys that steamrollered me, that was actually a player design faction. That's that's why I, I knew about that. I was I was reading about the cult because they killed me so bad. I was like, "What the hell are these things?" And turns out they were they were actually something the community made up. I'm trying to find out when in like the timeline, endless legend and endless space has uh, fits into. I thought it was before. The Endless Space games. You know, I thought like Endless Legend was like a prequel. Uh, but I could be wrong. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, not sure what order it happened in. I, I know they're out of order. The order that they released in is not the order they happened in. Right. It's not chronologically, the, yeah, ordered that way. But know. it works in terms of the story, though, because they're all, they're all happening within that universe. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that's the secret of success, though. You put out a bitchin' good space game, like a 4X, and then you drop a roguelike with the people from the 4X in it, because very very much so, Sword of the Stars, right? The Pit, yeah, uh, which yeah. saved their bacon. Um, wow, what a good game. I need to play that more. That's that's in my top roguelikes, and, and it's just because it does everything right. It's so good. End. It's so good. It's so hard. And, it's so good. And it, and it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Martin can sell me DLC forever. If, 
because <laughs> yeah, there's so it's much the same quality. Yeah, Martin, hell yeah. Uh, what's his last name? Curtis. Curlis. Curlis. Uh, Curlis. Uh, yeah. yeah. Specifically, Martin Curlis. Curlis. Of uh, oh, what's the name of their studio? Kerberos. Um, who made that game? Yeah. Yeah, which we need to have him on again because I need I need another belly laugh like the the Roomba lick. We'll be like, what do you think is. of uh, Homeworld uh, now emergence being on GOG? Which I guess is another piece of news. I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I do have to ask him about that. That's that's the thing, right? They finally came out with don't call it Cataclysm. But but it's not uh, remastered like the other games. It's just no, the base game. But that's all you. Yeah, it's sad, but that's all you need because it's so good, that one. Yeah, so I wonder, because the story with that was, like, the source code is gone. Nobody nobody has the assets, all that stuff, and that's a big part of why it's it was not getting into the remastered HD thing. Um, but what did GOG do with it? Do you own it? Did you buy it yet? Have you played it? Like, I don't know. Did they change I, anything? I have just not like bought it They from made them the installer yet. work. I have not hmm. bought it from them yet. I I'm yeah. I'm kind I, of on a game buying freeze until the wedding. Yeah, after the Steam sale, it was brutal. That too. And but, yeah, of course the wedding. But yeah, it, so. it, every time there's a Steam sale, I'm just like, I own everything on Steam. This just sale about touch me. And then I find then, like ten games, like oh, that's only that's ninety percent off, and it's got good reviews. I'll get that. <laughs> was that? Oh, because I own oh. everything. Oh God, lost you. There's so thing. much stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is one of the things. Like you know, with Steam sales, they've taken away the flash sales, and now we own everything. So it's like okay, well, where's they? They took away the flash sales because they added the option for the, refunds. The refunds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Is that is that the deal? Because that was the reason why they removed it. Is because it makes sense. If you if you put a flash sale on, people are going to wait for a flash sale. And then they might buy something at 50% off and the flash sale comes an hour later and it's 80% off. And then they mm. got to go through the whole refund process, you know, because people or, are upset that, you know, they, they didn't hit the flash sale at the, at the time it happened. Well, yeah. Or you just make a rule that refunds only process after the last day of the steam sale. Well, in, then, in this case, yeah, it actually makes on. sense. They got rid of the, the flash sales. Because they were adding refunds. Oh, I, I totally understand that. It, see, to me, it was like the timing was uh, the guy that used to be their marketing research dude that, that was there. He was he was like their economist on staff, right? And I thought it was like him because those sales were almost like lab experiment psychology manipulation games that they would do to people, right? It's just like, let's manipulate these millions of people and see what behaviors emerge in our store. And then that guy, it was, it was like, as, as Greece like slid into the shitter economically and he left steam and went back to Greece and became the minister of finance of Greece for a while. He's not anymore oh, but for right. a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that guy was like, you know, you don't just, like stroll into the country and become the minister of finance. Clearly he was like some kind of, some kind of like finance genius or something. And then, but he was working for Gabe and he's the guy I think that was turning the knobs on all those steam sales and, and just, you know, 
because Steam, think about it, like the Steam survey, all this play data that they have, all the everything that they collect about everything that you do with Steam, um, that data is going somewhere, right? And if you think about the Steam sales themselves, that generated a hell of a lot of data just about how people are, right? Like what price, at what price did people tip? Uh, you know, like how many, how many people bought it? And then, you know, it was like, okay, it was like 75% off. How many sales did we get? And then we dipped it for a little bit to 90%, like how many people fell then and, and all those little things. And I'm sure that that data is somewhere and somebody it's valuable, right? Like I bet a marketing firm would kill to have all that. Well, you know, we don't have access on, on dev side. We don't have access to all of that data, but we do, we definitely have access to some of it. Like on, on X day, this many of, of that particular DLC were purchased. Uh, we can see where those spikes are, what the, the change from the previous week are. We can see all of that, but not necessarily time of day. So if there is a flash sale going on, we wouldn't have known. We would have seen the, the spike for the day, but they don't give us all that data. That's kind of a shame that they don't. But, uh... Yeah. Well, they, they can't reveal everything behind the curtain. Right, I mean, of course they can't. Because otherwise, people might try to manipulate how they do their own sales just to, to game the system a little bit. Right. All right, let's wrap up the news. Um... Uh, I do have one thing I want to mention. Go, quick. go. Um, there's a there's a game coming out next week. Now, if you if you guys are familiar with Behold Studios, they made the Knights of Pen and Paper games, and they've got a new one, a space game coming out next week called Galaxy of Pen and Paper. Hmm. And it is. Oh. Uh, I, I just toss it into stream chat. Is that going to be like red shirts of pen and paper? Well, it's it's a space RPG set in 1999. Interesting. As in Ooh. real world 1999, as the players are playing the game. But you've got spaceship combat, you've got uh, on foot combat, you've got exploration, you got fun stuff. It looks like, and I've liked the stuff from Behold Studios, so I'm definitely getting this one. Yeah, I, what I like about them is they're tongue-in-cheek about it. I mean, they, they obviously they take the game seriously, but the game is also, it, it calls back to the goofiness of sitting around the kitchen table, you know, rolling dice, fighting monsters. Yeah, yeah, lots of fourth wall breaking because, well, the game master is talking to you, the player, so of course there's going to be fourth wall breaking. Right. It's, and, yeah. and it's like, whoever sat around the table and stayed in character, right? It, it was just like the goofy stuff came out. So I, I enjoy that that kind of, they sort of saw. Oh. Uh, New little yeah. things here and there. Yeah, I'm watching that video that you put up there, and it's oh, it's exactly like that in tone, too. We lost you for a minute, Jim. Uh, I don't know if that new... Headset. Well, anyway, being it's, problematic. It's, uh, I don't know. But, uh, no, I'm just watching the video that Spaz put up of that, and I'm. It's just like, yeah, it's like right on tone with all those things. It's like all the talk to, around the table. I'll have to get in touch with them because this looks really good, actually. 
But uh, just just final couple final pieces of news. Um, JG Hertzler, or these Space Nine fans know him as Martok, is actually going to be in Star Trek Online. <laughs> is he gonna Is he gonna bring his eyes? Uh, just the one, because Martok is somehow back. Apparently, in the extended universe, Martok disappeared shortly after the end of D Space Nine and was thought dead. Well, Mar- Martok's the guy with the ping pong ball eyes, right? No, no that's Gowron. That's Gowron. Oh, that's Gowron. Okay, never mind. He does. Oh, the one scene in Where the Warrior, where he's like, We do not forgive big eyes or forget. It's like, yeah, that's why they hired you. You got those freaking eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, I mean, really, that's the only thing I remember about Deep Space Nine was that dude. And oh, I, he, I, he, well, he started like, on Next Gen. Hilarious. He started on Next Gen. Yeah, he was uh, made Chancellor on Next Gen, and he, of course, carried over. But Martok um, actually like adopted Worf into his house eventually. And uh, oversaw the, their wedding and whatnot. So, great character. And somehow he's back in Star Trek Online. No idea how. <laughs> but if you love Martok, I guess play some Star Trek Online. I'm not gonna. <laughs> but if you want to, go ahead. Uh, speaking of Star Trek. Because you wanted to talk about lore. Let's jump into our topic. Um, why? Why? Let's just I'll just hit you with this question to start things off. Why do you think coming up with good lore and background for a game that isn't based in a popular universe like Star Trek, Star Wars, what have you, Dune, is so apparently difficult? Um, I think that it's like it's a reluctance of like, well, we don't want to embrace, you know, like, okay, okay. so much like Master of Orion, they use anthropomorphic versions of common animals that we know. Right. So a lot of space things will tell stories where it's like, okay, well, it's the space empire, but it's really the Romans. Okay. There's the the evil empire. Well, it's kind of space Nazis, right? Because you know about Nazis, you know. It's, so it's it's like let's take something that's culturally, uh, like familiar, and then we sci-fi it, but it's still something that that you know is grounded in some Earth history that people are are experienced with. So we know what to make of it, kind of thing. Um, whereas if you if you did. Well, I don't know, man. Like Dune, Dune was a a pretty interesting departure from that because there's, and maybe that's why Dune is so fun to read, is because it's kind of like you you think learning this new world, and it's very interesting because it's something that you don't know. But I, I don't know. Like in a in a space game, it's really hard to to like drag people into some kind of new lore also while making interesting gameplay. And, you know, like, like it's a, it's a pretty huge job. It's like how, how, how long of research he did 
um, the dude that wrote Dune. I I, I was listening to uh, Frank Comic Herb- Book Girl nineteen. Frank- yeah, Frank Herbert. Yeah, she, she Comic Book Girl nineteen is doing a series where she actually like uh, it, it's like her book club thing where it's like okay, read up to chapter five, and then we're gonna do a podcast and talk about the book from chapter one to five and what happened, you know, and, and deep dive and okay, now read up to chapter 10 and we're going to do it. You know, you get a week, right? So uh, I'm greatly enjoying that series that she's doing because she is super into Dune and knows her stuff. So it's interesting. Um, But I mean, there's historical parallels and stuff there. And I mean, it's humanity, right? But it's humanity, almost like Warhammer 40,000. It's humanity so far in the future that they're still humans, but they're not really recognized. Oh man, Jim, your mic keeps cutting out. Only 2000 years out from the Romans. They're like, I don't know, 20,000 years out or something. Right. So it's, it's like, but they, uh, some of the words and things that are in there, you know, that, that, uh, like, you know, where he named like the Bene Gesserit, stuff right like if you if you look up what those words actually mean right then it's like it has context now but it's it but it they flip stuff over on its head right where it's um yeah it's it's kind of like he he took a lot of common earth things and then inverted them and named them similar oh man um but it, but it's still it. It dances with the familiar. It just twists it, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's tough to make a greenfield space opera thing that is not rooted in the history of humanity. Although I think Mass Effect did a bitchin' job of that, and that, that's why I keep going back to Mass Effect is is because that that is a, a galaxy that I want more of. Unfortunately. Oh man, Jim, Jim, your mic keeps cutting out. Is it's like you guys went to this new galaxy, and it's the same old shit. Like, but it's not as good, right? Because all the stuff that I cared about is still back there, and these new people that resemble that back there, but it's not them. I don't really care, you know. It, it's it's like yeah. So, but the the relationship that I got with the first three games. Is, is something that like, you know, somebody asks like, Hey man, what went on in mass effect? It's like, sit down you got a couple hours. I can tell you what went on in mass effect. Yeah. I, f- um, I feel so the same. That- you know, sorry. I feel the same way about free, the free space and Starflight universes. Like those are really well established. I think well-written, well-written universes. I think that just totally yeah, and, sucked and you it in. didn't. Yeah. And it, and it actually kind of departed from, Oh no, Jim. Uh, yeah. FASA. Whenever they did Renegade Legion Interceptor, which I still right? have to was, play. Yeah, well, but I mean, even the board game, right? And then, so it was Renegade Legion was the the spaceship stuff, and then Centurion was the tanks, right? And it, they're excellent games. I kind of kind of complicated, but I liked how they did their armor systems and stuff. Very unique. Um, but yeah, it was it was straight up space Romans, like the architecture and everything, and it, they didn't disguise it at all. It was just like, yeah, these are space Romans here, 
and okay. But but then again, whenever you say Empire, like what do people think of? Well, it's either Star Wars Empire or the Romans. So I guess fifty fifty chance of being right, right? Right. Uh Star Crusader but, but now, sorry. I was gonna say oh, Star well, Crusader is also pretty much Romans in space. Yeah, that's true. Although Star Crusader I, I Oh man. Jim? Jim, can you hear me? Jim? It was it Jim. was goofy. Can you yep. Okay. You are cutting in and out like a mother. Uh, it, it might be forker. it might be this keyboard. Are you doing push Actually, talk? Are you doing push yeah. talk? Oh, I don't yes. know cuz you are cutting in and out like like the Dickens. Oh, uh, well maybe it's the keyboard or I hope, my internet or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know cuz I'm we're getting maybe 40% of what you're saying. It's like a bad cell phone uh, call. It's very frustrating. <laughs> can you hear us now? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'll I'll watch Discord and see if but, I'm like Yeah, let me try and move near the, Let me try and move near the window. So please repeat what you what you just said cuz we only got part of it. Uh I have no idea what I was talking okay. about. Okay. Romans in oh, space. The space space Romans basically. Space Roman, yeah, yeah. Space yeah, space room. So, so it's like it's it's difficult to deviate from that kind of thing. But um, so there's like all this fandom that goes on with Star Wars and Star Trek, right? Where if somebody's talking about, hey, we're going to make a fan film sci-fi thing, it's like, oh, Star Wars or Star Trek, which one, right? And then of course with with CBS like crushing any kind of Star Trek stuff. Um, that's becoming a problem that's under a lot of pressure. Right. But that's still like the, the universe people are fascinated with, because if you, if you don't want to make some swashbuckling star Wars stuff, which I honestly, I feel like star Wars is just tapped out that, that whole like Jedi saga thing. It's like, you can just tell more of the same old shit, but really I, I, I would like to see the rest of the star Wars universe, like get away from the skywalkers. Right. I want to just see just, other stuff right because there, there's yeah but they won't do it because it's like the skywalker story that's the you know jedis and stuff and it's like yeah well it, okay so star wars galaxies right yeah. it, it dared to not have jedi right well it made there were jedi but they were like a super turbo bitch to become one you are a real person in that setting. You're never going to see a Jedi. Those guys are gone. Right. So, and that's cool. That's appropriate, especially for that time period. Um, unfortunate thing though, it, it's like in the prequels, it was like, there are Jedi around. Right. And it's like, Oh man, we're losing you again. Oh no. Oh, and then, oh, gosh. and then, like twenty years later, nobody remembers the Jedi, right? It's it's like what happened? Oh yes, the Jedi, that crazy old religion from ancient times, twenty years ago, <laughs> when there were thousands of them. Yeah, whatever. Um, th- that's another reason the prequels kind of shat on everything. But uh, I I don't know, man. It, it's it's like Star Trek seems to be where it's at. Right. If if you're gonna do something spacey 
that is familiar to people. But CBS is like murder and anything that sticks its head up with a Star Trek hat on. So, yeah, which is why Renegades had to, well, change so much of it in order to be able to release. Yeah. So uh, what's what's this fan universe that's going on? Because I've, I've heard people talk about that, where where it's like some of the people that were doing the fan fiction stuff, they're basically making that open Trek thing that I was talking about under some other name. I don't it's, know. It's essentially that. It's open source Star Trek. It's just like, we're not going to call it, you know, the things that we're not allowed to call it, but we're going to come up with our own thing and still tell these stories in a similar universe, just not the copyrighted universe. Isn't that what that, um, that show from, um, God, the family guy guy. No, that's, or, that's, gonna, that's a separate thing. Entirely. Right, yeah, that's but just Star Trek, it's, but it's Star Trek like it's, 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 it, Ooh. Oh no. Am I the one losing people? I'm keeping my eye on it. Oh. Did I lose you, Spaz? Did were you talking and I just didn't hear you at all? Yeah, maybe it's your internet, because I'm definitely not cutting out. I'm watching the light stays green. So maybe it's the internet shit again. It's possible. Wait, well, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. We haven't dropped any frames. Oh, we dropped thirty nine frames of this entire hour's Almost hour and a half show. So that's not too bad. But yeah, maybe it's Discord tonight. Uh, yeah, because Spaz, you just cut out there for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Have I cut out for you guys? Sorry we're doing this live, but yeah. I mean, that's the... Yeah, that's you've the, got a couple of times. Oh, geez. It's probably me then. Uh, that's the downside, but I'm, I'm not getting any issues either. I've been looking at Discord and still green. The ping is... What is it? 43. Oh my. Yeah, the ping's the ping's good, but every every now and then you start talking in the middle of a word kind of thing. So Well, that's because you uh, cut out. So happens. I'm trying to get your attention. So I think No, I mean what that last sentence that you just started what? was like in the middle of a word like what? before I started saying Oh for that. God's yeah. sakes. All right, anyway, we're having just, some discussion. Let's not sweat it. Sorry. It's, it's not like we have like a uh uh Superpower guest on. I know, but sorry, folks. We seem to be having some mild technical issues that is out of anyone's control this evening, apparently. So, so the the reason that this came to mind, right, is I've been playing through Witcher Three again, and Witcher Three is so so dense of a story and its characters that you actually care about, and I'm having like another Mass Effect experience with this. Right. But but even more profound than Mass Effect. It's like I like these people. I want to hang out with them in this game. I'm gonna be sad when it's over, kind of thing, right? Um so it Oh, doing it again. <laughs> is, it, is it because is it because Tolkien y elves and stuff? Like if you think about it, everything that's a fantasy property that has elves and dwarves and stuff. If you didn't have Lord of the Rings, none of that shit exists. Right. It's, it's like, cause Tolkien, Tolkien kind of did like Frank Herbert did with Dune, right. Where he took a whole bunch of stuff that was ambient in the culture. Oh, and then boy. brought it into a coherent universe. Well, bear in mind that, 
the Witcher series is based off of the book series. Right. Oh, I get, yeah, I, I know. But it, but it's just the thing of like, you know, they're, they're drawing it from the books and the books are super cool. So, but I can't even think of, of like sci-fi books other than the Star Trek, Star Warsy things, you know, or movies or, or whatever that, that aren't, um, like, like how all fantasy stuff is derivative of Tolkien. It's like all, all sci-fi is somehow derivative of Trekker Wars in some way, or tries to do an original thing, but is short run and low impact, right? It, it doesn't become like a sensation. Uh, it's well, like, um, uh, the, um, the show that's on right now, the expanse, right? Awesome. But I, I couldn't tell you about the lore of the expanse or anything. It's like, it's great in the moment when I'm watching it, but I'm not like super into the backstory or whatever. Oh, you should read the books though. The books yeah. are so good. Oh my God. But I think it strikes me as a thing of like, these are just people, right? Like the technology is more advanced. And maybe the political situation is a little bit different, but these are the same people that I know, right? It's the, the, the same schemes and, and crap that, so it does, it's, it's just like, it's, it's today's headlines in space kind of thing, right? It's, it's the, the things that we talk about now, right? Exploitation of people and governments screwing around behind the scenes and things like that. Um, But it, I, I don't know. To me, it, it doesn't have like the great drama to it. Like it, it's not like, well, two kingdoms went to war. It's, it's more like, well, Mars is getting lippy, you know, <laughs> it, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't have the, the same majesty to it as like in a fantasy setting where it's like, well, you know, that this great kingdom is going to go to war against that kingdom or something. It's like, that feels bigger to me, you know, like in a game. Battletech. Maybe. Huh? Battletech. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, Battletech is kind of kind of uh epic in that way, right? Cuz it's like you have the great houses. Um and I think it's it's kind of borrowed from Dune in that way. Um I I liked the original setup was actually over water you know it was it was like ice and stuff and and there was like a shortage of water on the planets and and it was all about like water rights like who got the ice kind of thing um and then then it turned into like other stuff but it was it was like the the recovery period like after all the wars had had basically lost all the technology for everybody um there we were just kind of coming out of a dark age and people could Jordan did it, but they brought the clans in and that whole well, thing. And that, you that know, back in back me. in the thirty twenty five setting, there was the fact that the the mech suits were actually treated like heraldry and suits of armor. That yeah, they were knights. The, they, yeah, they were they were knights of the battlefield. the The father would then turn his armor over to one of his kids, and they would carry on their tradition. 
I missed everything you guys just talked about. <laughs> yeah, but we hear each other fine. That is <laughs> so, so freaking weird. It must be me somehow. But you, I'm not, bro. But it's so weird. Because I'm not getting any indication that there's a problem on this end. You know? Now, I'm literally watching the the lights light up on the Discord, and I can see that I'm supposedly talking, and I'm not sure if you're even hearing me. But Yeah, hey, I haven't heard... I have not heard you break yet, so yep. I'm I'm blaming Brian. Yeah, I Let's don't know. Blame Cal. Fine, but yeah, blame me. But I don't even know what to do about it. It's so frustrating because this is a great conversation, but I'm only hearing like fifty percent of it. He's so frustrating. Uh. But anyway, yeah. So that that was the initial uh, the impetus for that conversation was just basically like I'm playing the Witcher and, and I'm like stuff that's this deep and good in sci-fi is rare unless it comes out of Star Trek, Star Wars, but even the Witcher stuff is kind of Tolkien derivative, but it's got the influence of also pulling in like all the Polish for the folklore, right? So it's all that Eastern Europe stuff that you didn't get in Tolkien, but is also similar stuff, right? Cause they had elves and dwarves and crap too. But didn't all that elves and dwarves stuff and start with Lord of the Rings? Or did it start sooner than that? Like before Lord of the Rings? Um, I think it was around... I mean, well, pre-Lord of the Rings, I think there was like a fascination with King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table style stuff. Um, you know, so yeah, there was wizards and dragons and stuff, but it wasn't in the Tolkien flavor, right? It wasn't like ancient races and, you know, the rise of man and the fall of the old world and you know, that kind of thing. I think he he's the one that defined that stuff. Well, right. yeah, it was such a huge influence on what became D&D. And that became in itself, well, there are all these derivative things that came out of what people saw in D&D and they wanted to copy into everything else, which is why you ended up with elves and dwarves in the Shadowrun universe. Yes. Yeah, and and those fabulous Dungeons & Dragons movies that we got, too. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it it's the familiar magic with technology and all of that. Uh-huh. But, but it's, it's different. Was that time? You said it, it's different something you're gone. I was saying it's different, but not too different. Yeah. Well, and but that's the thing too. Like, uh, so that brings in an, another thing of of fiction, right? Which we're going to get a dose of again from CD Projekt Red is the cyberpunk stuff, um, which it, it's still around, but it's not as prevalent as it was in say the eighties and early nineties. The whole the cyberpunk fascination, um, which I kind of miss it. We have that big um, c- cyberpunk game coming out from the um, the Witcher people, right? The, yeah, the- that's, what, that's what I was saying. Cyberpunk 2077, I think they're calling it now, because 2020 is a little too close. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, originally it was Cyberpunk 2020 by uh, uh, Mike Pond. Um. Darn faithful. So one thing that they were talking about in that – 
is uh, that it's maybe going to have some multiplayer because they're talking about like making you know Night City, which is like the big city that all this happens in. It's like a mega city. Um, they're talking about like this is going to be a big living city, and I get like GTA vibes out of that, except at night and cyberpunky. So that might be awesome, but it's. I think we're still maybe two to three years out from seeing that game. Yeah, which, which is okay. Fine with me. Oh, yeah. It's just like, you know, just do it right. I don't care how long it takes. There's so much to play right now that, yeah, take your time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, there are a lot of space game developers that come to our channel, and they're like, I want to get my game out. And I'm like, just do it right. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. And if you rush it, you're really going to get lost in the shuffle. Take your time. <laughs> But not too much time. Hey, even, even if you take your time, I mean, hell, this is my own experience. Even if you take your time and you, you know, you make a big launch on Steam, by the time the next summer sale comes around, you can disappear. Yep, uh, just, you, get, you get lost in the shuffle. I mean, that's that's what happened with us. Yeah, so it's like release time window. I think is everything because you know when not to put a game out. Right. Like right. don't don't put it out in March. And don't put it out in October, <laughs> and you'll be fine. And definitely not in December, because well, you know, that's, well, yeah, like yeah. Any, anywhere from October through January is a no, and then March, you know, you get the it's it's basically like don't come out at the end of a quarter because end of the quarter is when AAA stuff dumps because they they come in like right under the wire for the financials. It was interesting. Uh, on Reddit the other day, someone was asking why so many uh, gaming companies still try and model that. Everyth- all the big th- – like why is there still the summer slump? You know, why does everything st- – why do all the big companies still put everything out uh, around around the holidays? And I think – I don't know about you guys, but I think it's outdated, like seriously outdated at this point. Well, yes. Now, now that well, you know, and we had some talk earlier today about um, with the price of games because there was that article about the the used game trader store and them saying, well, they're struggling because by the time they order a game and it shows up, it might have dropped sixty percent in price or something, right? So, uh, just the the rapid drop in pricing, and I think actually that is a that is a case of the width of the market because at some point it's like, okay, you get, you get your initial sales at full price. And then in order to, to spread it and hit the rest of those people, cause there's so many gamers now. Um, so you, you just keep dropping the price until you, at, at some point you'll hit a tier where somebody will buy it. And then, you know, you just keep stepping it down. And, uh, of course the, the steam sales, the ability to bounce the price low and then come back up, um, is, is maybe slows that a little bit because at least it doesn't permanently fall to bargain bin price. But if you remember about like physical games, that was the thing that happened with them too, is like six months, a year, whatever, you'd see them in the bargain bin, right? Because they wouldn't, but that was more due to the competition for shelf space, which with the long tail digital economy that we've got, shelf space is no longer an issue whatsoever. But I, I just think that it's it's like the market is big enough now 
that the rapid price drop stuff happens. Plus, there's also such a volume of games coming out that if you're going to continue to sell it, you got to cut the price. Yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> well, why don't you guys say we wrap it up with what we're uh, what we're playing? That sound good? I did not hear what you said. Oh Something gosh. about we're playing. Yeah, uh, let's wrap it up with uh, talking about what games we're playing. Well, right now I'm playing Yonder, which came out today. I have no idea what it's about, but it's awesome. And I've had it on What is it? I saw forever. that you bought it. What is it? <laughs> um, it's a it's an open world. Exploration, magical world kind of deal. No, no kind of sci-fi going on that I can spot, but I'm, I'm literally five minutes into the game right now. So I couldn't tell you, but, it, but it's like just looking at the videos and stuff of it. Um, it's, it's kind of got like the crafting farming exploration, you know, it's just kind of like you're in this world, do whatever you want. It's big. So it's like, okay, I'll bite. Apparently, uh, Pez on YouTube says it's a cross between Zelda and Stardew Valley. Today, I was well. Earlier today, I was talking. Yeah, it is kind of Stardew Valley ish. Is my hope, um, but it's. Uh, I was talking earlier today about like I cannot find a game that scratches this itch that I have, where I want Skyrim, but also Stardew Valley in the same game, and I can't find that. So, I don't know. Maybe this. Because it's like, I need exploration, but I need a little bit of struggle, too. Um, but I don't want something that's a combat-heavy game. Right. This might be it. I don't know. I will report back. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah, report back, because that does sound like something I'd, I'd definitely be interested in. Uh, what about you, Spaz? Uh, still playing Monster Slayer is the, the rogue light deck building uh, permadeath game that uh, I don't know, it's a dungeon dungeon runner and and, and you've got this, depending on the class you're using, you've got different decks to play with, different cards to access. But So is that a game where it, it kind of reshuffles your cards back into your hand every turn? Because it didn't so, seem yes. like I was drawing from a big deck. It was just like, my guy's got three things and I always yeah, it's, have them. It's, so, so let me explain what a what a deck builder is. It's it's literally that you build the deck as you play the game. You acquire new cards. Sometimes they're they're crappy cards, and you need to delete them from your deck so that you thin it down. So that every time you're you're shuffling through, you have say twelve cards instead of thirty. Okay. The the, uh, the the big thing about deck builders is that while you have lots of There are options for these cards that chain, and it's hey, literally called chain. So were, you, when you were talking in there, were you watching your light? Because it went dark for me. It did for a second. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so okay. just so restate that sentence. It's not I missed just the whole me. Thing. It's not just no. me, you guys. So the rogue has. Oh God. <laughs> the opponent and adds more. Okay, start again. The Did rogue. it again. Did it again. Go. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, it was like the rogue 
and you were gone. So. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh no. And it adds more. <laughs> this, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Damn you, Discord. Oh, fucking Discord, you son of a bitch. Uh, okay. Oh my god. Yeah, no, Tokens is right. You hear kind of a springy echo when either you. It's, it's got to be Discord, because both you. It has to be. Can we switch channels? Yeah. Let me switch servers. Let me switch servers. I can do that. Let me switch servers. All right. Okay, let's see if this is any better. Uh, we should be on different servers. We're, sit- we're on the central server now. And uh, okay. hopefully that does it. So, Spaz, please repeat again. All right. Let's, let's see if this works. Yay! The rogue uses chain cards. Every time you play a chain, it adds more damage based on the number of chains you've already played. But every time you play a chain, you draw a card. So... If you have six of them in your deck and you happen to keep drawing them, you can keep throwing them out there one after the other. Okay. But now, do, do they just return back to the deck as soon as you play it? Yeah. Once, Well, what will happen is once the cards are in play, that they stay in play until you end your turn and then they go in your discard pile. And then your discard pile becomes your draw pile, gets shuffled into, into your draw pile once it's been uh, completely filled. Oh, all right. But so, that's how most deck builders will work. It's it's that that your whatever deck you have that keeps getting shuffled back over and over. And so the only way to really alter things is to delete cards permanently so that they don't end up clogging up okay, your deck. So it, it does that set like this is how many actions you get this turn is like okay, I ran out of cards, therefore I'm done. If you run out of or, cards, you're basically what? done. Yeah, but there are some cards in the game that allow you to draw cards from the enemy's deck and have them temporarily used. Oh, weird. So, yeah, so that's that's actually kind of fun because it gives you more options. Hmm. I, yeah, I play so, a lot of deck builders, so, uh, yeah, that's one I've been playing. Star Realms is the other deck builder I've been playing lately. Yeah, we need to play nice. some Star Realms. Because I own it. I've just never I actually... I need to get you guys playing it. I absolutely yeah. do. Let's do that next Thursday. It's, it's only two-player in the digital oh. version, unfortunately. Oh. However, we can just... Uh, yeah, we can we can do a round-robin kind of thing. Is there a yeah, spect- or I'll just play it any whole time. Is there a spectator mode? Uh, not that I've seen, no. Ah. But, yeah. But then again, uh, if you're playing through Steam, then you can use... You know, you can invite someone to watch. That, so they can't spectate that way. Yeah, we we're should, streaming it, well, there you go. We should try that. We should see, like, get, like, a couple of you guys to trip play it. Like, maybe you and Hunter, you and Jim, and then I'll stream. Yeah, I'll... I got Hunter playing it. He's He he got wrecked, but, you know, that's because <laughs> I've been playing for a few years. I, I have all the cards aside from tournament promos, so, yeah. Hey, so, speaking of... Uh of card building games. Um, have you played, uh, Thea's awakening? Yes, I have been playing it. Yeah. Great Cause game. I just, I just got to play on it myself. It's, it's like, I've listened to Nate like rant on and on about, about the thing. So it was like, all right, all right, I gotta, I gotta try Thea the awakening. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and it, it, it's kind of four X, but it's also kind of a deck building thing. So yeah. Yeah. 
and and I I, I like that uh, you know it's it's like you assign the people in your village to what their jobs are and stuff. Although it becomes a little bit micro. Like I just wish that I could be like, yeah, just continue to repeat this. You know, keep keep making pork chops until I tell you to not. Um, but yeah. So what I what I noticed in there though in their patch notes is they've they've added in a co op mode where two people can play together and share the settlement. So it's like co-manager or something. We should try that at some point. Yeah. All right. So, All right. This is the best game ever. I just discovered red shampoo. What? What's I don't know what that means. Yeah. What? I don't know. I looted a chest and had red shampoo in it. What? Okay. I, I don't know. Oh, that's the game it's you were just talking about. That's yeah. The game. And uh, so that, that game, um, Hardland, you, you own that too. Yeah, right? I did play yeah. that for like five so, minutes. It's like okay, this needs work. <laughs> yeah, he's he's continuing to update it. There was like a massive patch like a week or two ago that basically changed the game. Oh. Um, but anyway, this game and Hardland share a lot of graphical stuff, like as far as like the cartooniness and and just the way that. Uh, like the the shadows and the light plays off of things, and it, it has like everything looks like it's made out of velvet, and oh. it's really cool. Uh, apparently, Pez in the YouTube chat says shampoo is more like hair dye. So, oh well, there you go. It's kind of like shampoo made out of red Kool Aid, I guess. I don't know if you ever tried to dye your hair with red Kool Aid, but are you are you like a punk rocker from way back, Brian? Is that was, what, is that what I'm getting? I was here? a grunger. I was a grungy guy. So I did try and use Kool-Aid to dye my shoulder longer than shoulder length hair once. So you uh, listen to Black Flag and get all angry and then like Kool-Aid. Hey, I loved Black Flag back in the day. I was actually in a college radio station. I played them all the time. Them and Letters to Cleo. And, oh, cool. And Have you ever been to see Rollins? No, I, I've, I've, I've seen, seen footage. I've seen footage, but I've never actually seen him live, sadly. Yeah, uh, apparently he's amazing. That's what I've heard. I've heard nothing it was, but good things. It was things. pretty amazing. The thing that the thing that I found shocking is mm. that he he uh, generates so much saliva while he's screaming in the <laughs> mic that he actually has he actually like sucks it out of the mic and spits it out. Oh, I, I was not oh. prepared to see. Oh. <laughs> it, it's like man, that that oh, man no. is juicy. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was it was really weird. There has to be a video somewhere of him doing it because it was just like what? But yeah. Oh. But anyway, well, just to wrap up, I've been playing because I need something relaxing of late. So much Lord of the Rings online because it's such a relaxing game. You just run around this beautiful Middle Earth, killing bears and goblins and men as an elf or a minstrel. Uh, or a wizard and it's just so great because it's not really that demanding a game mm. you know like right i've been playing a lot of logistical that that puzzle game which i really love but it's like i don't want to plan anything right now i just want to run around and do shit because that's all i have in my brain right now <laughs> uh so it's just like the perfect band-aid for me right now <laughs> For getting through this stressful time. Hey, um, if if you look in the stream chat, I posted a screenshot from this game that I'm playing. 
So I got my little sprite buddy that's following me around. But it, it disturbingly looks like he's got truck nuts on his back. Oh, those are his those are his bags of holding. Clearly. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I'm just looking at this guy and, and what it, it's like he does like a little shimmy while he's floating in the air, so it just looks like truck nuts dangling. I like big and nuts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> Other brothers can't deny. <laughs> oh my! Oh, okay, folks, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, please join us on Thursday when we return, if the fucking internet is working, to uh, Borderlands Two. I'm really looking forward to that. that we had a fun. we had a great time last time, so I'm really looking forward to diving back into that. Hopefully, Hunter can join us because he was part of the. It was you. It was Spaz. You. It was me. It was I think Medic, not and uh, and uh, Hunter. I think was last time. So oh, yeah, yeah Keith, was, Keith was there for uh, part of it. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down for it this time too. Oh, good. Okay. Got a spot, so however uh, it works out. Oh yeah, I keep I keep wanting to play Borderlands again, and and also uh, uh, Shadow Warrior Two, which is very mm. Borderlandsy, mm. Um, also scratches that itch. But yeah, really does. I should the, put the, the only thing about Borderlands that irritates me, and the, and this is a problem in Shadow Warrior more so, I think, mm-hmm. is is just like it's it's one of those like piles of loot game. Yeah. But there's so much shit. It's Shadow just like, Warrior is can worse. You please only it, pick up only pick up the things that are better than what I have. Yeah, Shadow Warriors know? is way worse with it, I think, because it's not just guns and shit you're getting. It's all these like little fucking trinkets that add plus one to this and plus three to that, but it only goes on that type of gun. Uh it's like, oh God, and there's no like really good way to sort any of it. That's one of the reasons I stopped playing. What was that? Pixel Private? Private? Yeah. Pixel? Uh, Pixel pic- Privateer. That same, one, yes. Same thing. Yeah. So much stupid loot. It's like, just, uh, Like, that's what, that's probably the great, one of the greatest things that Diablo 3 does is like, you get a lot of loot, but a lot of it you can actually use. Yeah. And it's really great, a lot of it. So. That's well, in fantastic. Privateers, you just like automatically melt down everything that you don't. You can, need. yeah. I mean, that's an it's option. Just it's tedious. just that when you're in it's the mission and you're getting it, it's it, it's just so much. Right. It's, so then it's much. like inventory's full. <laughs> so exactly. Well, does it does it auto loot everything? You don't have a choice, or can you no, just be no, like, no. I'm going to pick you that have thing to click up. on it to pick it up. Okay. But but by our nature, we're like human hoovers right? grab everything like, yeah, yeah. oh that that everything. one thing might be awesome we got to get that that one thing over there <laughs> we got to get that one thing um i just added shadow warrior 2 to the hat so maybe we'll return to that at some point you know you know what would be awesome that huh. i don't think exists what? is a um darkest dungeon type game with you know like the basically the dungeon crawl but also the psychological horror effects and oh. stuff in space. Oh. Right? Just just make darkest dungeon in space because it, you know, if if you're like some space pirates and you're constantly going on like derelict ships and stuff. Right. It, it's like you might see some kind of mind-bending shit, right? Cuz aliens and bad well, things. Star colors could have been but, that, but I don't think they wanted to add that. Now, Star, Star Crawlers 2 is a, Star Crawlers is a lot more lighthearted. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what, what do you think of that game? Because I haven't played it to the point it's, where I have a party. It's I'm great. just a single dude. Oh, it's, it's so great. good. I, it's now, really great. Disclosure, I kickstarted it, but yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah. So do you get to the point where you have like a like a bard's tale kind of party running around or what? You you have a uh you can take a party of up to four in with you. Okay. So is that like the four that you got, or do you keep people at the tavern? No, you, you actually right. can have other people in in your group. You just can't take them all with you, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So you can t- you can change you can change around your group for each individual mission, and the missions so are fun and randomized enough that they're really just really enjoyable. So the the whole game though, it's like it's always dungeon crawl kind of thing, right? It's, yeah. it's very much like uh, yeah. like Bard's Tale or uh, Crusaders of the Dark Savant. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Like, that yeah, and Fall... Actually, my, my, I went back to Eye of the Beholder as my reference for what it's like. Except oh, cool. that you can accept what one thing that you can do is while you're exploring, you can use the, the mouse to look around and find things like cred sticks that are in hidden places or find secrets in walls because you happen to manipulate this particular thing. Yeah. That's one thing that I noticed even in the little bit that I've played it is that you can, uh, you don't have to look in cardinal directions. It's like you can grab the mouse and look around like it's an FPS kind of thing, but movement's always on the grid. Um, A similar, sorry. Well, it's interesting. It's like, okay, so you're restricted to that gridded movement, but they give you the freedom to look around. And I'm just, I'm a little bit shocked actually that they didn't give you like a free walk mode where you think you're just walking around like it's an FPS, but it's actually keeping track of which grid square you're in kind of thing. Right. So it's still gridded movement, but it's not like the reason they do that is because it's turn based. So when you move the, the enemies also get a turn to move. Mm -hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Another similar game, but in fantasy, but they're very similar to Starcrawlers, is uh, Fall of the Dungeon Guardians, which is also really, really good. If oh, cool. if if you can't wait for Grimori to finally come out, because what's his name can't get his shit together, uh, Cleve, Blake. Oh my god! Like by twenty twenty. No, it's on Steam right now. It was supposed to come out last week, and it got delayed, shockingly. Dude, uh, dude when was that game supposed to come out? 1990-something, uh, 2004-something like that? I don't remember. Yeah. Okay, uh, all, all I remember is, like, early days of quarter to three. Cleve yeah. was on the oh, yeah. no, he, this game. He goes back to the any, Usenet any days. Any minute now, it will be. No, he yeah. goes back to the Usenet days, that guy. Uh, so, and, yeah, he's he's a delight. Uh, so so, at, so is he just gonna rush this out now? It's on the funniest thing about like, it. The when, funniest when he puts thing. puts it out, that's my review. It's like this feels rushed. No, seriously, the funniest thing is that like you, he's on RG, R, RPG Codex, which is a horrible place, by the way. Don't go there. But if you want to wade into that fountain of human sewage, go to RPG Codex, and uh, he's like talking like. Oh, uh, these quests still aren't finished yet. I'm trying to finish him up. Like he's still talking. Like all this shit still needs to be done, but he's about to release it. It's oh so confusing. It's so we're really off tangent now, folks. Anyway, Thursday is Borderlands Two. Next week on the show, uh, we're gonna have an actual guest uh, coming on to talk about their fast playing 4X game called Space Tyrant. 
which is oh yes, just on my about wish list about forever. Yeah, no, don't don't worry. You're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna I'm gonna get you a copy. All right, Sweet. Gonna, do you have it yet? Gonna let you go. Have you played? Yeah, it? I, I did. I do, and I did, and uh, it's it's pretty solid so far. I've only played like Sweet. one or two tutorial missions, but it's got a really good like you know like kind of space word ho fast. Yeah. 4x type thing it's yeah. like that well, I was, it feels I was like that at, like the art style and the screenshots and it made me a little tingly so oh the art style like, yeah, is on the great it is so fun so that's what we have to that one yeah so that's what we have on the show next week uh so yeah uh that's that's gonna be it for this episode folks i want to thank uh guys thank you for uh joining us as always, uh, hopefully we'll have Hunter back either Thursday or next week. Hopefully his um, his move is going well. It sounds super stressful. Like, how does he not have air conditioning right now? That sounds terrible. Isn't it like a yes. billion? Isn't it like a billion percent humidity where you guys live right now? It's it's pretty much that. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it, running from the front door to the car, my hair kind of catches on fire. Oh yeah, yeah, really hot. I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all. I'll be honest. It's we we went on we went above like seventy percent humidity here in in Los Angeles, and people were like, "Oh my god, it's terrible!" Like you have no idea. Go to Washington yeah. D.C. in July, then you'll understand how bad it gets. <laughs> god damn it! Uh, but folks, I want to thank you for listening or and or watching. Uh, this has been kind of an odd show because we kind of had to throw it together and we had technical issues, but hopefully it was an enjoyable for you and uh we hope to catch you next time so uh until then have a great night bye-bye